Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, May 6, 2021. I am Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm arts and culture writer, Ashley Steves. As always, make sure that you're on our Patreon for Broadway Radio. That's patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. We have a crap ton of news to give you guys today. <laughs> what a day. What a day. <laughs> what a day. So we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, Broadway shows will reopen September 14th, according to Governor Andrew Cuomo. Uh, he said this on Wednesday. This is Thursday. You guys are getting this news, but I'm sure you've seen it all over Twitter and everywhere else. In a press conference, Cuomo said that Broadway tickets would be put on sale starting today, Thursday, for theaters running at 100% capacity. In response to this announcement, the Broadway League said that ticket sales will resume this month for fall performances and will be announced in the coming weeks on a show-by-show basis. Charlotte St. Martin, uh, who, of course, is the Broadway League president, has been quite silent regarding uh, all the recent protests and calls for Mm -hmm. equity from the Broadway League and Broadway. Mm -hmm. But they were quoted saying, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but nothing beats Broadway. The theater owners, producers, and other league members will continue to work with the New York State Department of Health and the governor to coordinate the industry's return and the related health and safety protocols required to do so. Of course, they do need to converse with, I don't know, Actors' Equity because they have rolled out a a crazy health and safety plan that uh, doesn't coincide with that. So in preparation for the fall, Broadway plans to launch an industry-wide campaign using that phrase, nothing beats Broadway, to encourage ticket sales, according to an email sent to Broadway League members this week. Immediately following the announcement, Six said that it would begin pre-sale for Broadway tickets today. Producer Kevin McCollum, who is also the lead on Mrs. Doubtfire, said the show had many on-sale announcements ready to go, depending on when and where the Broadway reopening statement was going to be made. That's capitalism, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, three major shows. <laughs> exactly. Hamilton, The Lion King, and Wicked plan to announce on-sale dates as, as soon as May 11th. Does this mean that we start seeing public notices for change um, when it comes to <laughs> racism, diversity, and equity? Uh, what? <laughs> uh, really? Okay. So, first of all, what a day. Uh, yeah. Second of all, <sighs> I'm I've, I'm finding it really hard to get excited about this announcement. Yeah, and totally. I, it, it's it's it feels really tone deaf because everybody's been calling on mm-hmm. these changes, and then they're like, oh, "We can talk about it because ticket sales." And it's like, what? It's like, yeah, just like poke our head back out of the sand mm-hmm. to talk about the money side, which I get. It's a which business. Is what it is. It's an yeah. in, it's an industry. It's capitalism, baby, as you said. <laughs> But <laughs> it is, it's, it's really, I'm so not excited about this because we, as we've been talking about on the show for months, people of color, actors of color have been demanding and rightfully so and mm-hmm. calling on the Broadway League specifically to make a safer, more equitable work environment. And we mm-hmm. have not heard a word not a single word from the broadway league until I today <laughs> i didn't even know they were still working like still in business so when they popped up today mm-hmm. about three and a half minutes after governor cuomo announced that you know, they could open again at 100 percent capacity and they were like hey remember us yeah because we've been calling on you for months we've been calling on you for a year and have heard nothing so i mean yes uh, you you asked the right question are we gonna see any kind of notices for diversity and equity and anti-racism policies i strongly doubt it but i don't see what choice they have 
It's so, it's so insulting. Yeah, it's really difficult, but we're really, we're, we're still going to hope that something is said and, and, and some policies are put in place to help. Um, everyone return to work safely. And that doesn't mean just for COVID. That also means that they feel that they're in an equitable, safe environment. So let's take Mm. a moment to talk about our sponsor, Upstart. (laughs) When it comes to paying off your debt, it can often feel like an uphill battle. (laughs) Speaking of money. I mean, speaking of an uphill battle (laughs) um, and tandem, uh, do you dread looking at your credit card statement every month? Because I sure do. We don't blame you. Upstart can lift that weight off of your shoulders so that you can finally feel the relief of being free of credit card debt. Yeah, if you don't already know, uh, even though we've been saying it for weeks now, so shame on you, but Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your your debt with a personal loan all online because it's the 21st century. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, Upstart will help you like over half a million people already to get a simple fixed monthly payment. And unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, which is a garbage statistic. Mm -hmm. And instead uses actually useful things like income and employment history. Wow. You can get a five-minute online rate check and you'll see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 and $50,000. Most importantly, you get that money fast, like one business day after accepting your loan fast. That's pretty fast. That's pretty quick, you guys. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash broadway. That's upstart.com slash broadway. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Once again, go to upstart, U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash Broadway. All right, now we're going to continue on to hashtag nothing beats Broadway. <laughs> hashtag it. <laughs> hashtag. Um, of course, with guidance uh, from Governor Cuomo based on current health trends and subject to continuing improvement of public health and vaccination rates. This is the Broadway League's official statement as far as, you know, fall 2021 performances. Anticipated dates for each returning in new Broadway production will be announced, like we said, in the coming weeks on a show-by-show basis. And theatergoers are encouraged to visit broadway.org for updated information about showtimes and performances as they're announced. Because we're not even sure that we're going to be going back to an eight-show week, guys. You know, like, as far as... I've heard lots of talks about contractually just doing five performances a week. So that's just something to keep in mind. Broadway performances were initially suspended, of course, last March in 2020. At that time, 31 productions were running, including eight new shows and previews. Additionally, eight productions were in rehearsals preparing to open in the spring of that year. We're still unsure what is coming back and what isn't. We just wanted Mm -hmm. to give you guys that reminder update of how many shows were running, how many shows were in previews, et cetera, et cetera. Actors' Equity Association has released a statement in response to the announcement about fall 2021 performances. Today's news means we are one step closer to the safe reopening of not just Broadway, but for jobs of thousands of workers in the New York area. This was Mary McCall, Executive Director of Actors' Equity Association. Mm -hmm. Again, knock, knock. We haven't heard much from you. Uh, (laughs) We look forward to our continued conversation with the Broadway League about a safe reopening and know that soon the time will come when members can go back to doing what they do best creating world-class theater. According to the New York Times, Hamilton, The Lion King, and Wicked will announce jointly in the next week for their return, followed by Chicago, Aladdin, 
that shocked me, uh, come from away in American yeah. utopia as <sighs> others. Not because I don't want Aladdin to come back. Famously, I love most of the people that worked at Aladdin. I mm. knew many of them. Uh, but I, I was just shocked to see that Disney was reopening this particular uh, piece. I'm What's strange surprised. is that they're obviously being vocal about the safety per- of the performers and technicians when it comes to COVID, but not safety regarding what we were talking about earlier. I was just saying, so is, that, is that strange? <laughs> is that a strange it's, it's the a, adjective you <laughs> It is not strange. <laughs> Entirely predictable, in fact, actually. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm really... So as we've been talking already, and I think everyone kind of found out on Wednesday, uh, ticket sales are going to go... Your tickets are going to go on sale on Thursday, so today. So, And we don't really mm-hmm. know what shows are going to be dropping tickets on Thursday. Like, by the time you listen to this, tickets may already be on sale. We know some of them, and there are mm-hmm. also shows that are already on sale. But there's it, there's so many <laughs> just vague aspects of this announcement, and that's not really surprising, because, again, it's Cuomo, and two, it's the Broadway League, and three, we've been off for a year, so people are kind of just trying to put everything back together, uh, you know, piece by piece, as quickly as they can. And a lot of that means that you kind of have to do these broad sweeps of news and not really do any kind of specific things. But it would be helpful to know so people can prepare for this. Because if you're going to do this big rollout of, you know, hashtag nothing beats Broadway, which is, I I hate it. (laughs) I hate it. But also just like, you know, trying that big tourism push that they're going to have to do as well and whatever form that's going to be, whether it's actually going to be Tony's broadcast, LOL, or it's going to be, you know, a major Mm. news campaign of some kind. They're going to have to do all this and people don't really know what's happening. <laughs> you got this big right. Broadway's reopening on September 14th announcement, but not really any kind of specifics as what to look forward to other than just here are the big shows that we know are going to be opening next week. Yeah. Uh, it was quoted that in addition to reopening Chicago, like we just mentioned, uh, Barry Weisler will plan a limited run of Waitress, the Tony Award of perhaps my top five musicals of all time, yeah. um, with a short revival starring Sarah Bareilles, who has played the role of Jenna before. Yes. I want her boyfriend, Joe Tippett, to come back as Earl because, my uh, God, was he not fantastic. I don't know if you saw him, but holy I crap. I didn't. I saw Sarah Bareilles, though. Uh, that was one yeah. of my birthday gifts whenever she did that <sighs> Run! I got to see Sarah Bareilles and Gavin mm-hmm. do their run together. Yeah, wonderful. Waitress is one of my favorite music. I was very surprised oh. by this news. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thrilled. thrilled. Exactly. <laughs> hey, I'm absolutely thrilled to see this. I think Waitress has such a strong yeah. and vocal fan base, and for a good mm-hmm. reason. I think yeah. that automatically gets those people back. And also just, I mean, you're putting Sarah Bareilles in. I'm going to personally go run and see it. I know that. For sure. I was going to say, I think that you and I should, if I'm back in the city, we should coordinate because I didn't know you were such a fan and that would be amazing. I love it. I cry every time I listen to it. Let's do it. I know. 
<laughs> Truly. Uh, okay. So in, in the final bit of like, what is maybe reopening, what's not opening, whatever, per the New York Times report, the creative team behind the wildly successful two-part Harry Potter and the Cursed Child play is aiming for a 2022 Broadway reopening. The team is currently exploring options to alter the play's length and structure before announcing plans to resume performances. I'm assuming that means they're going to drop it down to one damn show. I I would be surprised about that. I have to. I'm not sure. I really don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm not a fan of the show, so I truthfully don't really care what they do with it other than just giving people jobs. Um I don't know you know having two parts to the show how that will impact actors um, contracts and what they're earning for for it. So I think that's something that's really important that I think I would like to know before saying, okay, this is a good thing if they're going to make it into one part or not. Um, Obviously, it's less intensive because it's not an eight-hour play for no reason and a two-day play for no reason. They got to calm down with that long day journey into night bullshit i'm sorry that is too much it's too much harry potter is not angels in america it doesn't need to be two parts and you know me and tony kushner alone (laughs) that's right i was like and you know nothing else nothing is angels in america except angels in america nothing all right so I've got to just quickly talk about uh, Wallace Shawn, who is one of my favorite people of all time. Uh, Gideon <laughs> so Media's new podcast, like, I, there you go. Gideon Media's new podcast, like, will kick off with two unnerving plays from celebrated playwright and my personal favorite, Zaddy, Wallace Shawn, and director Andre Gregory. These productions <laughs> will reunite I hate, the legendary duo. that. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You refer to Wallace Shawn as Zaddy. He's perfect, I'm, and I've I'm never I'm seen him Ill. in face. <laughs> I love him. Anyways, uh, they're reuniting for this particular production, the duo behind My Dinner with Andre and Vanya on 42nd Street, to reimagine two of Wallace Shawn's finest plays for the world of audio drama. This will be cool. We've included a link. Um, yeah, you get to listen to two Wallace Shawn plays. Why wouldn't you do that? Can't hate that. I laugh every Can't time hate. I see Wallace Shawn's name because I always think of your Twitter bio of runner up in the <laughs> Wallace Shawn lookalike contest. I mean, if there ever was one, I would submit. There you go. There's there you no go. one I'd want to look like more. Have, uh, you, have you seen him on stage? No, I've never gotten to see him on <gasps> really? stage. Really? I saw yeah. him a few years ago at Signature Center um, when they did Evening at the Talk House with him and Matthew Broderick. And that I, was that's, yes. pretty damn great. Pretty good. Wow. More reasons for me to be jealous of you. There you go. It's true. All right. <laughs> the list is so long. It's so long. You're in New York and I'm not right now. Here we go. Um, Yeah, but my ceiling (laughs) is falling apart and whatever is happening outside right now that you can probably hear in the background. Great. So sorry. In a New York Times article, Scott Heller interviewed four directors about the future of their careers. The pandemic pause has prompted a prize-winning cohort to ask hard questions about salaries, working in other media, and choosing collaborations over scarcity. They ask important questions like, is $40,000 enough to live off of with their credentials? It's absolutely (laughs) not. Spoiler alert, no. (laughs) 
Yeah, Tyne Raffaele, Taby Magar, Whitney White, and Dana Tamor are all interviewed. Tamor even said, uh, Playwrights Horizons main stage gives you a, less than $10,000 to direct a show. Jesus. I mean, that's kind of startling it, because we're never given these understanding. Right. Like, we're never given numbers of what, you know, actors and directors are, are making in the field all the time, especially like directors, yeah, stage managers, yeah. etc. So it's an ex- extremely insightful article that we recommend. We've included a link. Um, I, it was just fascinating to read their responses to these questions about, you know, mm-hmm. like them working in either social media or doing like, you know, um, virtual theater right now. And if they're, yeah. you know, making more doing that, if they're doing I more really, money, you know, yeah. That's, that's, I, I haven't checked out the piece yet. So I will definitely be doing that when we're done recording. But that's been something I've been really curious about as far as virtual theater and payment for that. Cause I mean, I know a lot of people have been doing this as kind of a volunteerism mm-hmm. situation, especially at the beginning where people just wanted to make art of any kind and they're yeah. kind of nostalgic for the stage, but it's a job. Mm-hmm. It's not it's like a job. that's right. People that's are right. Not, people are everyone's been saying that people are out of work for a year. Well, yeah, kind of. Uh people mm-hmm. have been out of work for a year, but a lot of people have been doing virtual productions. The the difference of that is people have been out of work technically because they may or may not be getting paid for it. And they're certainly not getting paid as much as they would on an actual stage in front of people. So just like the shift of that has been so significant that I've really wanted to know those kind of numbers. It's $10,000 is absurd for anything. Uh, a director putting on a stage uh, show at in Playwrights New Horizons yeah. in, New- in New York at Playwrights horizons on the main stage at for fewer than ten thousand dollars is absolutely absurd and insulting and this it's a entire tough read, but i think it's also helpful that we all educate ourselves yeah on absolutely all because and now yeah. it's a matter of what we do with that like this entire <laughs> obviously we can't say it enough this entire industry needs an overhaul and i think so much of the creative industry in general is so insulting to creatives because I, I mean i look at everything yeah. in terms of like freelance writing and like freelance right? journalism and what people get paid for article there mm-hmm you know, there are very rare instances of a journalist receiving $10,000 for an article. Um, mm-hmm. but it's like the same four people that do it every time, like for cover stories. <laughs> Everything yeah. else is like, hmm, you might get a hundred dollars for this. Don't spend it all in one place. <laughs> so yeah, I just think the entire, the broad creative industry needs such an overhaul. But I mean, looking mm-hmm. at things like this and just the absolute scarcity of everything when it comes mm-hmm. to theater, when there's no, nothing scarce about, you know, uh, pr- what producers are bringing in. We just need to change everything. We just, just being the emphasis, yeah. need to change everything. Yeah, here, here we go. So finally, and and not like a feel good recommendation, but like a recommendation that <laughs> yeah. was just brought to our attention. Yeah. <laughs> um, would it be Broadway news if you and I did not talk about Spider Man no, Turn Off the Dark? Well, required. I guess it wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's a required view. So one YouTube channel provides a comprehensive record of Broadway's most notorious flop. This entire thing, it's like, you know, as a typical as as is typical for the bootleg world, the comments reveal some of the most sincere artistic interest in the work alongside a good amount of like snide mocking. Uh, But we're not here to promote bootlegs. But this whole archive is wild. (laughs) I am. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so there you go. I mean, we've, we've included the link, not to the said videos, but to an article that kind of like lists them all out. 
it's kind of fascinating because we yeah. forget that this was a time in history very recently for Julie Taymor's iconic right? piece, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. It really and, uh, wasn't yeah. that long ago. It, it feels really like centuries ago at this point. It was a decade. It was a decade. It was a decade. I remember it was my freshman year of college. Mm. Um, we okay. This- it was my senior year of high school. So that makes a lot oh, of see, sense. See, there you go. Um, I was in my freshman year of college writing class, like second semester. <laughs> and a bunch mm. of us were just waiting for the professor talking, uh, have have you have you heard or seen about Spider-Man on Broadway? Like it was just like spend ten minutes and then the professor would come in and be like, What are you guys talking about? Because this was like an eight in the morning writing class. <laughs> like, what you get? What are you guys talking about? And Spider-Man. You're like, oh God. Not that <laughs> very fond memories of that. It was just Spider-Man. Yeah, that that you thing's know, that thing's happening uptown a little bit. Well, I also have to say this: my high school took a, a New York trip that year, uh, the mm-hmm. theater program. I guess you want to call it a program. I mean, it's a public school, anyway. Uh, so <laughs> our theater troupe uh, took a trip to New York, and that was the show that was voted on one of the shows to see. And oh, I, my God. mom and I, incredibly fortunate and privileged to say we did not want to see that show. And we <laughs> got tickets to Green Day's American Idiot oh, instead. Oh, good choice. Good choice. I mean, it is awesome. it? Billy Joe Armstrong was in it. Is it incredibly fortunate and privileged if you didn't get to see Spider-Man, though? I feel like that's a badge of honor. It's a badge of honor, but I also have to recognize that we had the ability to choose a different show yeah, and that's everyone very else. True. That's very true. <laughs> like you were forced into it and whatever oh, Spider Man whatever Spider Man you saw die is now in your memory forever. There it is. But now now I get to relive it through these uh particular videos. Thank you guys so much for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. Don't forget about our Patreon for Broadway Radio. That's patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram all the time at it's Grace Aki. Ashley, where can people find you you can find me on twitter and instagram at no this is ashley yeah thank you guys so much we will see you tomorrow 